May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Well, have you ever almost been in a, a car accident? I hope, I hope that you haven't, but not, not been in a car accident, but like almost been in a car accident. It's scary. It's like this moment. And I, I was in a, a couple of years ago, I was sitting in a traffic jam, leaving my neighborhood, and we were just sitting there forever. Cars all backed up, and nothing was happening, and and um, I started looking, and I was getting a little impatient, to be honest, and I was looking. I realized everyone in front of me was turning right, and I was um, going to go straight, so I, I can get around this and go straight, and I'll get past it. So I, I just, um, and I'm trying to get my daughter to school on time, so I put it in gear and I and I start just take off to get go out around and immediately just feel sense this this large presence which is another car just bearing down I hear tires squeal and and it, the, this car comes just just right next to me doesn't hit me but just right there I mean you know my heart's just beating out of my chest and and it was you know it was a horrible feeling and then I I roll down the window and the other guy rolls down his window and I'm about to say hey I'm sorry about that because um, honestly I just didn't even look I, I just went for it and didn't didn't bother to look back to see if anyone was coming it's my fault at any rate he just starts cussing me up and down one way or another you blankety blank 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 this blank I mean just on and on and on and on and on I he had his daughter trying to get his daughter to school I'm trying to get my daughter to school you could have killed us I mean he just went on and on and on I just sat there and took it. And I just listened and was grace, grace, grace filled, I hope. But for two reasons. One was that it was my fault. And so I felt bad that it was my fault. But the other reason, the more important reason, was that I realized what was really going on here. And that that guy was scared. I mean, I I scared. It scared him to death that he was going to run into me and perhaps uh, harm or kill his daughter. You know, he was scared and not knowing how to handle that fear inside of him. He went right to anger, which what which is what most most people do it goes right to anger. And he's just I mean, he's angry. So I understood that. And I just took it and then he drove on and it was fine. But but that that's just to me was an example of of how how fear can lead to very destructive behavior uh, like this, this rage or anger that he had. I uh, thankfully it didn't get worse. But the point is, fear, fear is a dangerous uh, emotion. It can be if it's if it's an, an unhealthy and, and dealt with in an unhealthy way. I mean, fear is certainly something that God created and that he's given he created everything. So this is a, a created emotion and must have some good purpose. Like if you're walking through the woods and you hear a rattling sound, it's an appropriate response to have fear and stop and hopefully avoid getting bit by a snake. So there's there's some certain fear that's not a bad fear, but but a lot of fear when dealt with in an unhealthy way is very destructive. It's can, it can hurt relationships with God. It can hurt relationships with other people. Um, it can go, cause us to be controlling or to be angry. And, and then we can physically own that and anxiety and it's bad for us physically. And so fear is not something in an unhealthy way that we want. In fact, you're probably familiar with lots of scriptures all throughout scripture. God says, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Um, he doesn't want us to have the destructive aspects that fear can bring. And today's gospel reading is one of those many passages where we where we see God saying to us in his word, do not be afraid. Take courage. Do not be afraid. And Jesus himself says this to his disciples. Take courage. Uh, it is I do not be afraid. And in that statement to them, he told them not only not to be afraid, but how not to be afraid. 
And I want to look at that with you this morning. So let's look at this gospel reading and kind of see what's going on there and and see how we uh, can take courage and not be afraid as God would have us to live. So in the gospel reading today, I love Mark's gospel. And this is Mark chapter six, and it's right in the middle of of the first half of Mark's gospel. So if you kind of break Mark's gospel into two kind of in verse nine, it sort of shifts from from the first part of Jesus ministry into his going to Jerusalem to 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 die on the cross. And in this first, the first half of Mark, as you read through it, it's, it's all these stories of, of Jesus revealing himself as the Messiah, as the Christ, the one true king of God that's come into the world to be our savior and king. And he, he's revealing himself not only as the Messiah, but as God himself in the flesh. And he's doing that over and over again in front of his disciples, doing things like um, healing the sick. Well, who can heal the sick? God. He's doing things like forgiving sin. Uh, remember, the guy comes down the roof and he says, your sins are forgiven. Well, who, who can forgive sins? God. Um, he's uh, so on and on. He's, he's calming the storm. Is they're, they're in the storm. They're all afraid. He's sleeping and he gets up, calms the storm. Who, who has control over the, the weather? God. Right. So all these miracles are just showing the disciples and, and everyone looking. This is God in your midst in, in, in the flesh. And then, then the miracle, uh, one of the greatest miracles was right before the passage today, which was the feeding of the, the 5,000 plus all the, the women and children. So this feeding of the multitude happened just before this passage. And so, and in that, in that, that miracle, there's all those people and Jesus, they had five loaves and two fish. You might know the story, five loaves and two fish and then feeds something like 15,000 people. The disciples take the five loaves and two fish and they distribute all this so that everyone, all those people were full and then there was leftovers. I mean, it it was an amazing miracle in all four Gospels. Well, and who can who has the power to take um, bread, uh, five loaves of bread and multiply it in that moment in the disciples hands so that all these people are full? God. Right. And it would have, it should have harkened back in, in their minds to, to God who provided the manna in the desert for the Israelites. Just out of nothing created food to provide for his people because that's who God is. So, so then that miracle of the feeding of the, of the 5,000, it, it would have been this message of God is in your midst providing for his people. But somehow in the midst of that, the disciples didn't yet get that. And then as you read through Mark's gospel, you see the disciples just, they have hard hearts. They can't see it. They're, they're, they're missing it. Now, eventually they see it in chapter 8, but we're not there yet. But right now, they're, they're not seeing it. But, but they're in, in the gospel today, we see how um, because they had hard hearts and they weren't able to see the message of the feeding of the 5,000, that they didn't recognize that Jesus was, in fact, God. That's exactly what led to their being terrified and to this fear that they had. So let's look at that. So, so Jesus does this miracle. He says, okay, you guys go on to the other side. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go off to pray and I'll join you later. So they go off. He goes off to pray. And then this is in the middle of the night. And let me just reread uh, verses 48 to 52 for you. So it says, Jesus saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by, but when he saw um, him, when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out. They cried out because they saw him and were terrified. Immediately, he spoke to them and said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. 
And he climbed into the boat with them and the wind died down. And they were completely amazed. Listen to this, verse 52. They had not understood about the loaves. For they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. It's because they didn't understand what they just saw with the loaves that they didn't understand what just what was happening with Jesus walking on the water, which led to them being terrified. So let's let's break it down. So so they're walking on the wall. They're, they're straining at the oars. And notice that their fear wasn't because of the wind. I know sometimes I've done this myself. I read that story. Oh, yeah, the, there was hard. There was a wind and they were scared because it was so windy and Jesus calmed the wind. Well, it was windy and Jesus did calm the wind, but that's not why they were terrified. It's not like the 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 story before this where there was the storm and they were thought they were going to die. That's a different story. This one, uh, they were straining at the, at the, in, uh, against the wind because it was windy. But that wasn't necessarily fearful. That's just you're on a lake and it gets windy sometimes. I'm a cyclist and some, it, you're, sometimes you're pushing into the wind. You don't get afraid. You just pedal harder. So they're, they're straining. They're, they're working hard. But that's not necessarily scary. Um, but, but so they're doing that and then it is in the middle of the night. It's dark just before dawn. So it's, it's going to be a dark at that point. And he comes walking along on the lake. Now, this is interesting in verse 48. It says, and he was about to pass them by. Now, I don't know about you, but that's one passage where I, I've always kind of struggled with a little bit. Like, what is, what is that about? He, he sees them straining, uh, and then he's going to pass them by. It's like, you know, you, pay, you what my first go to in my mind is like, well, you know, look at me. I can walk on water, you know, kind of. Sorry, guys, you're straining over there, but I can walk on water. I'll, I'll pass you by and be over there. Good luck with that straining. Right. Well, that that doesn't line up with the Jesus we know in the Bible. That would just be like stinks for you. Uh, so so in, and again, in my mind, I think when we. You know, as Americans, we think pass by. I'm like I'm driving on the interstate and someone's going slow. I'm going to pass them by and get around them and go on. But I don't think that's the proper way to understand what, what it means here biblically for he was about to pass by them. I think a better way to understand that is that he was about to pass by and is that he was about to pass in front of them or he was about to to cross their path, pass over where they are, where they are so that they would see him. Kind of harkens back to Old Testament imagery of the, the Lord passed by. And they, they recognize the Lord. I think that's what's going on. He was, he was walking on the water and he was about to pass them by so that he would reveal to them, it's me, I'm here, I'm with you, it's gonna be okay. Uh, you know, you, and if they would have understood the loaves, that God himself is Jesus and he's with us, and then they see him. I mean, who else can walk on water? I mean, who, if the God who created gravity can defy gravity, why not? Right. It's not a big deal. He created it. He can manipulate it. He's God. So he's so they, they say, oh, he's God. And they saw him walking on the water about the pass and saw him pass by. They go, praise, praise the Lord. Our God is with us. It's going to be OK. Maybe he'll calm the winds because he can do that. And we want it to be working so hard. I don't know. But they didn't see that because they didn't understand he was God. Does that make sense? So, so he's like, so, so instead of seeing him for who he is and being thankful, um, when he was passing in front, he passed by, it says, when they saw him walking on the lake, it says they thought he was a ghost. They went in their minds to, it's some sort of evil spirit, a, a, a spirit of the waters come up to, to, to hurt us or something. Um, and now again, I want to be clear. I don't know that I would have been any different from them. I mean, I might have missed it all too and thought the same thing, but, but clearly they, that's what happened. They thought it was a ghost and they cried out. And it says because they saw him misunderstanding who he was, they were terrified. 
And again, it says, I love it. It says, immediately he spoke to them. It's like he said, guys, guys, wait, you're missing it. I, I, I can't, maybe, I don't know if this is, this is just me thinking out loud, but I think maybe he was like, I kind of thought you got who I was based on the other miracles you've seen. So I, I thought that you would have recognized that I was God in the midst and, and here to help you. But so, so he says, immediately he spoke up and says, no, 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 take courage. It's I. Don't be afraid. You didn't see, I, I thought you'd get it. You didn't get it, but don't, don't be afraid. It's me. Now, even even in what he said should have been a clue to them that he was God in their midst. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. See, the, the, sometimes the disciples, I think, are seen as, you know, those those dumb fishermen. You know, they didn't know any better. Well, they were fishermen, but I don't think they were dumb. They were they were intelligent. They'd, and, and they were certainly spiritual and, and, and faithful Jewish men. They, they grew up in, in a community of, of, of Jewish believers who were practicing their faith. They grew up going to synagogue. They would have known stories of the old testament they would have known psalm 23 you know it says even though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for you are with me your rod and your staff comfort me they would have known the the reason i don't have to fear scary situations is because god is with me and he'll lead me through or Joshua 1.9, you know, the famous passage they would have known about joshua going into land take courage do not be afraid um, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know, and they knew it's because of the Lord's presence is that's why you don't have to be afraid or why you can be courageous. So Jesus said, take courage. It is I don't be afraid. That's a pretty bold statement. And, and, and if you understand who Jesus is, he's saying, take courage. I'm God. And because I'm here, you don't have to be afraid. Now, again, I'm a pastor as a pastor. If I had people that I'm leading in the church who are in a scary situation, I would go up to him and say, hey, take courage. Uh, God is with you. God, God loves you. He's with you. And, and you don't have to be afraid of this. Well, that would be a, not, a natural thing to say. If I as a pastor went up and says, take courage. I'm here. Don't be afraid. Well, that's a little presumptuous. Who do you think you are? You're not God. You know, we know it. So for him, to be, that's not what he said. He didn't say, take courage. God's with you. Our father, take courage. I am here. It's I. He knew who he was and he, and he, that they didn't yet see who he was. God in the flesh with them, present with them. And of course, he climbed in the boat. The wind died down and that says they were completely amazed. So, so again, their, their, their fear though was because they didn't have a real understanding yet of who Jesus was, that he was in fact God. And that because he loved them, he came to be near with them, near to them, to us, really, um, and and to uh, walk with them and help them and do life with them as their king and God. So that was their fear. Their fear was because they didn't understand who Jesus was. Now, let's bring it closer to home. I'm, I'm a I'm a I try to be a, a, a how to preacher, not just an ought to preacher. And I think there's a lot of sermons like you ought to not be afraid. Now, go good luck with that, you know. I try to be a how-to preacher. So how, how, how do we, as, as, if you're a disciple of Jesus in 2018, hopefully you, you know, you, maybe you're someplace like the disciples who I don't quite understand. That's fine if that's where you are. But if you're a disciple of Jesus, um, how do we today in 2018 take courage and not be afraid of whatever situations in life and circumstances that are fearful, which are many in this fallen world? Well, let's let's take a look at this. How do we take courage and not be afraid as his disciples now? Well, we don't want to be like what the disciples did. We want to, the first point I'd make is that we want to realize Jesus is God. Realize Jesus is God. He is with you and he is bigger than whatever you're afraid of. That's my first point. 
Jesus is God. Realize that. Understand that. Know that in your heart of hearts. Know that Jesus is God, that he's with you, and that he is bigger than whatever you're afraid of. Jesus is the creator of the entire universe. Everything that is was made by him. He is, again, he, he created physics. He created gravity. He created every, everything that is. He made it. He is all-powerful. And he's with you. He proved he is with you by coming in Jesus Christ and ultimately dying on the cross to give his life for you so that you might have the forgiveness of sins, to have a relationship with him now and forever. I mean, there's no greater. This is love that Jesus gave his life on the cross. Not that we first loved him, but he first loved us. He, he proved that he wants to be with us in, in coming and dying and rising again for us and sending his Holy Spirit upon us. Uh, and he is and again, he's bigger than whatever we're afraid of. So let's be practical here. What what are you currently afraid of? What What is going on in your life that that has you currently experiencing fear? Uh, it's a fearful situation. I'm afraid of this. And it could be in your personal life. It could maybe be uh, a financial matter. I'm I'm afraid of how am I going to pay the bills this month? I'm afraid of it. Do I have enough money at retirement or is my retirement money going to be enough? Or maybe I'm afraid uh, something something other financial matters. Those tend to, tend to be fearful things in our lives. Could be fear for a, a family member, a loved one, a child, something going on in their life, and you're you're fearing for them. Could be a health issue, and health issues can be fearful things, and something's going on physically, and I'm not sure, and what's that going to mean? Those can be fearful things. I'm I'm 46 years old, um, and I had my my just this week I uh, I had a mole removed. That's the first time that's ever happened. So I had a there's a mole growing, and and it was getting bigger, started itching. I was like, okay, I don't want to be one of those tough guys that that uh, ignores something and then dies young because I was stupid and didn't go to the doctor. That's kind of my mindset. I just I don't want to be that guy. So I better go. And so and and so had it removed. It's being tested. Now, let, let me be honest. I or clear. I, I'm not even remotely afraid. I, I, there's no nothing in me that's fearful about that. I'm just not that I'm not worried about it, but it could be that could be a very scary thing. This thing's being tested. What's it going to mean? Maybe my body's riddled with cancer. And I mean, I could you could go on my mind. I could, I could see that happening all freaked out. I'm not there, but I mean, you could. I could see that. Um, so maybe there's something health wise, um, an addiction, maybe that you're struggling with. Am I ever going to be able to overcome this? I, I mean, I've tried and tried and tried and I keep cycling around and around. And I, I don't, is it ever going to change? And you're fearful of that or what's this going to do to my family or on and on and on. Maybe it's not personal. Maybe it's something to do with the church. There's something going on at the church that how is this going to work out or some ministry in the church? How is that going to get better or whatever it is? I don't know. Um, work related fear for the nation. I don't want to get off on that topic, but I mean, it could be like, you know, where's our going to country go or the, the world and what's going to happen with nuclear weapons? I don't you know, it just we can get all sorts of things. So what is that for you currently? Pick one if you have many. For me, the, the most significant Fearful thing that I've been dealing with lately is is a is a, a fear of not being significant, a, a fear of not um, having my life really um, have a have a, a make a difference or an impact for God's kingdom. And, you know, you think that I don't know that's just well, it's just real for me. When I was a parish 
priest when I was, you know, serving at a church over on 103rd Street. I knew I was making a difference every day. You could just tell. I mean, I'm, I talk to people. Hey, someone says, hey, I, I'm, I'm better because you prayed with me today. OK, well, I'm making a difference. You had ne- regular uh, experience of that. Well, in my current job where, where I'm working with churches. Am I doing that? <laughs> in my current job as I'm working with churches around the country, um, I, I don't get that immediate feedback all the time of this. If, if what I'm doing and the hard work that I'm doing is that actually making a difference for anybody it could be i'm busy but i don't want to just be busy i mean you could be busy and then die and make make no difference i want to i want to be busy doing things that are going to have an impact for god's kingdom so i was fearful of that is am i going to be significant well again it's not rational i I think i should know better i'm you know been a christian a long time but I, i was fearful of that so all i have to say is i said okay i'm feeling this fear what do i do with that well i realized that jesus is god he is with me. He loves me. He's called me to serve him in this particular way. It's not an accident. So, and he's bigger than that problem. So I, I'm, I'm going to take that problem to him. And I took it to the scriptures. And you look at, uh, you know, and, and you can do that with whatever's currently uh, has you afraid. And think of what Jesus said. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. What, what can, I, can I do something to fix that? It's good. Okay, let me take this off. Is that good? That's better. Okay. Um, thank you. I don't, want to, I don't want you to miss what I'm saying. So, um, so what, what has you um, afraid? Will you take it to the Lord? Look at what Jesus said. Take, think about it. Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. Think of Psalm 23. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, this is a scary thing, but I will fear no evil, for he's with me. He will, his rod and his staff will comfort me. Uh, another scripture is great on this is Isaiah 41:10, which says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. OK, so who is God? God is the creator of the universe. He is he is bigger and more powerful with than whatever the thing is that has you experiencing fear. OK, and he's with you. He's going to come alongside and be with you in it and help guide you through it and past it. So you don't have to be afraid. He says, I will strengthen you. This is still Isaiah 41:10. I will strengthen you and help you. Why? Because he loves you. If you don't know that, believe it. He sent his son to die for you. Right. God, he's he, he's proved it. He's there to help you. And I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You don't have to do this on your own. So, so that's the first point is to realize he's God, he's, he's bigger than the problem and he's with you in it. So then the second point would be to invite him into the thing that has you afraid. Invite him, take it to him, invite him into that fearful thing uh, so that you can face it together. Let me read the point. You don't have it in front of you, but the way I wrote the point down was this. Invite Jesus into whatever you're afraid of to face it together. I just I like I like that facing it together. This is maybe just preaching to myself here, but I, I just think that I don't I don't have to do this by myself. I me and Jesus, the creator of the universe, who's living with me inside me through the Holy Spirit because I'm a believer in him. I have him. We're going to do this together. And that's all, all of life's like that. It's great. It's a good way to live. So, so we're going to face it together. So, and, and so and kind of think about when Jesus is in, in the boat. You know, they, he gets into the boat with him. So you could use that imagery. I'm going to just invite Jesus into the boat with me. And the winds will calm. And, and it's going to calm down. So, so invite him in to your situation. What I did with, my, with my, that fear I'm dealing with, with the significance or making a difference, I, I, was, I just started praying Psalm 23 every day. Okay, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no, have no, uh, fear no evil. So I, I, don't, I don't want to have any fear 
because um, I, sh- I don't need to be, for you are with me. So whatever this fear is, I want to, so I just started taking it to the Lord. Lord, you can have this. I know I'm not supposed to be experiencing this fear, so I'm going to give it to you. And, and I'm going to lay it at the foot of the cross and let you show me what to do with that. And, and so as I did that every day, and just kept taking it to him. And what am I afraid of? I'm feeling that fear. So here you go, Jesus. I don't want to have that. I don't need that. It's not, that's not rational thinking. This is not truth. So here, take it. And so as I did that, he, he led me uh, to a scripture, one of the God, parables Jesus taught about the parable of the sowers. It's, it's the one where the, it says there's a, the kingdom of heaven is like this. A farmer sows seeds in the ground and he goes to bed and sleeps and he wakes up and there's, there's the, the plants have grown and he harvests them. Which the, the point of that, that passage is, is the farmer really has no control of what happens in the, with the seed in the ground. He can't do anything with that. He has no control of, of what happens. He, he can control what he does in planting the seeds and putting the, the inputs in. Um, and, and, you know, work hard at that and do a good job at that. But ultimately, the rest is in God's hands. So you just trust it to the Lord. And then what comes up, comes up. And then you deal with that. So, so for me, it was like, oh, I'm just in control of the inputs. And I'll leave the outcomes to God. And if my life makes a difference, then great. If it doesn't, well, that's on God because I did my part. You know, I mean, I'm just not going to be fearful of it. Now, here's the reality. He's going to use my life to make a difference. And I know that. And if I look, I can see it. But it was an irrational fear I was having. So, so, I'm, I'm just, so that's where it settled to me. He, his rod and his staff, he comforted me. He led me to the right answer as I surrendered that fear to him and did that together. So, again, what is that for you? You can take that to the Lord and say, God, show me how I'm supposed to really think about this and what the truth is and how I don't have to be afraid because you are God, you're bigger and you're with me. And the last point is really just kind of summing up what I've just said, which is this. Just trust Jesus. <laughs> trust Jesus in everything. Trust Jesus with your fear. He's he's smarter. He's wiser. I got to get close. He's smarter. He's wiser. He's he he he's bigger. He's good. He's loving. You can trust him with every aspect of your life, including anything that's causing you to be afraid. So trust him and listen to him and follow him and he will direct your paths. I was praying this week. I was doing a devotional in Proverbs 3. I said, oh, thank you, Lord. I'll share this at All Souls this weekend, which which, you know, this passage, I'm sure. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do including whatever you might be afraid of. And he will show you which path to take. Trust him. And then later in Proverbs 3 and verse 25 and 26, it says, you need not be afraid for the Lord is your security. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word today. I thank you that you are God, Jesus, that you are the creator of the universe, that you do love us, that you are with us. God, that you don't want us to do life on our own, and especially you don't want us to be afraid. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us today, this week, uh, in practical ways, know that to be true, and, and take our fears to you. And I pray that you would take those from us and give us courage, uh, knowing you're with us. In Jesus' name, amen.